Hey, welcome back, everybody. It's time once again to meet our community, the Hispanic business community here in Orange County, powered by the Orange County Hispanic Chamber of Commerce and Orange County's only community radio station, OC Talk Radio, streaming live from our studios here at the University of California, Irvine's Beale Applied Innovation Center with uh, John Gutierrez. I think he was former student of the year. <laughs> not sure if that's true or not. But we'll find out. Yes, sir. Welcome, everybody, to our community podcast show powered by the Orange County Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. I'm your host, John Gutierrez, Senior Vice President here at the Orange County Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, OC Talk Radio, for having us again every Wednesday at 12 o'clock. We are here featuring a new guest, uh, a new community leader. The gentleman here in front of me is Mr. Salty Najero. He's the CEO and founder of Advantage Communications. He's also a Rancho San Diego Community College trustee. He's also the former school board member and former city councilman and National Teacher of the Year. Wow. Welcome, Sal. Thank you for being hey, here with us. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm excited to to talk to you and hear about what's happening in our community and our business community. So thank you so much for having me here today. Yes, yes. And, you know, as everybody knows, on our show, we like to, uh, first and foremost, get to know you as a person and basically learn about what it is Growing up, South Dinajero enjoyed. If you can share with us, tell us a little bit about your family and yourself and growing up. Where did you grow up? Well, you know, it was interesting. My father uh, was originally from this little town in Michoacan. No way! Little That's tiny my town. mom's hometown, Michoacan. Yes. <laughs> Population 814 people. Wow. To this day. No way. So if you go to the little town and you just tell them who you are, they'll know who's who and they'll even tell you who your relatives are that you haven't seen when i was at chico state people would ask me where my parents went and i would say my dad's from guadalajara and my mom's from michigan and they're like michigan i'm like well it's me truck on right same thing (laughs) no but you know they he grew up there he's very proud of that um and then he moved his family moved to this little town called tecate in baja california okay and uh and that's where he met my mom and my mom is originally from that area. So wow. they decided to immigrate in the 1970s when immigration was very different. You know, pretty much uh, yeah. applied and were able to get a green card and come on in. We needed workers. So yeah. my dad was part of the Bracero program. So, it, so I was know my exactly dad, yes. what you're talking about. Yes. So they uh, immigrated and immigrants tend to go where there's another family member. So we had uh, the Gomez family. My uh, my mother married the Gomez family. They had a house in, in, in Santa Ana and that's where we started. We started there, and then from there we went to many street apartments, and then I spent most of my childhood and my life in, on Stanford Street. So I went to Diamond Elementary. I went to Carr for a year. This is a funny story. It's kind of crazy, but I, I tell my students about this. I said, you know, it's important to have visions, and then you have to have a plan to achieve that vision. And so I told them about the story. I was in sixth grade, and I was looking through my cousin's pictures. Back in the day, you used to have pictures, and then they'd write on the back, you know, keep yes. in touch, have a yes. nice summer with the phone number. <laughs> and so I'm looking through these pictures and I see this girl with dimples and I go, wow, I like her. And so I turned around, her her, na- her name was on there and her number, so I called her. I said, hi, my, my name is Sal, I'm my cousin Laura's cousin and I think you're really nice. And we started talking the whole summer and then I remember, you know, you're in sixth grade going yes. to seventh. I said, so are you my girlfriend? And she says, well, I guess so. I said, okay, now I have to figure out how to get to McFadden because I was a student at Carr. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Look McFadden. at you, man. And my parents said, there's no way you're going to McFadden. That's way too far. Yeah. And I, you know, I pulled 
the what I call the immigration immigrant child card. I said, Mom, Dad, there's people that want to bully me at car and I don't want to go look back. At you. And they were like, OK, we'll, we'll take you there. So I walked every day all the way from Stanford Street all the way to McFadden Intermediate. Wow. And um, the kids always ask me, so did you, how long were you guys? Did you guys date us? I, I said, well, we, we were boyfriend, girlfriend for like two weeks. Wow. <laughs> and, and that was it. And they're like, and then you stayed at McFadden. I said, yeah. yeah. But you know what? I tell them it was it, it opened up a different world for me because the demographics were different at McFadden. Really? At Carr mm-hmm. and in my block, every single student parents was a blue collar worker. Mm. When I went to McFadden, it was the first time I was exposed to white collar workers, white collar families. Mm-hmm. And that's when I started to see there's a difference. Yeah. And there's different ways to live and there's different opportunities. Is it because it's closer towards like that whole Costa Mesa, South Coast Plaza kind of area? Is that why that is? Oh, yeah. Was, Would you say? I, I don't yeah, know. it's I'm more affluent. It's okay. more affluent. And mm-hmm. so you had parents there. And I remember my brother and I talk about it. And we'd go to our friends' houses out there and we'd be like, oh, my gosh. And like, how do we get this? Okay. So the seed of getting, getting a higher education was planted right around that time. So, yeah. you know, as a teenager, you're your quest as a child, you know, to, hey, I want to go meet this person. And then you getting yourself to that school opened up another opportunity, another door, another vision of life. So um, we went there. Uh, Fortunately, uh, you know, I had a great career at McFadden and most of my friends were going to Saddleback. So I decided to go to Saddleback. The Roadrunners. The Roadrunners. And so back then. Good football teams back then, right? Back then, oh yeah, there was only three schools. It was Santa Ana High School, Valley and and Saddleback. And at that, that year that I went to Saddleback, both Santa Ana High School and Saddleback won the CIF championship. Was that like 85? 85. Because my brother was at Santa Ana High School in 85. He yes. has this 85 CIF championship ring. Oh, so yes. he's one of those guys that I envy because I never got one of those. The fa- <laughs> furthest I got was semifinal. He always shows it off to us. Hey, you like my ring? I'm oh, like, thanks, I'm sure. bro. Thanks. Sure. You know? <laughs> you know, he, hey, he like rubs it in. You know? More power to him, man. I'd be sharing. I'd be sporting that thing all day long. But, but. I was a little kid in those days and it was such a big rivalry back mm-hmm. then. Saddleback. And like Santa Ana, it was, I remember the Santa Bowl, it was like, there were big games, much big like games. what you say to, to see today with modern day and all that. Yeah. It was a big rivalry, Saddleback, right? Yeah, and we loved it because back then the school district had a very strong, I don't know if you remember this, middle school sports program. That's right. That's right. I used to love that. Yeah. Fo- flag yeah, football, Flag right? football. Track and all that. Track, everything. Yeah. I mean, we had our four sports. And what was really cool was, like, for example, MacArthur and McFadden, when they competed, that was a rivalry. Carr and Spurgeon, true. when they competed, it was, it was a rivalry. So we had different schools, and then we all knew each other. And then we went to high school. Some of us that were rivals became friends because we went yep. to the same high schools. Exactly. But some of us c- continued to stay rivals. Till this day, we talk about those old days. So yeah. it's something that I'd like to see come back, to oh. be so honest. So right now, junior highs don't have that? They have them, but not the way we used to have them. Remember, they we used to go, we used to have two games a week. Okay. So let's pretend we were playing car at car. Yeah. And then and then on Thursday maybe we played Spurgeon at McFadden. Okay. So we had home games and we had away games, but what it did is it created school spirit. Kids were looking forward to seeing the kids from Willard come over and let's see what that team looks like. So we had these competitions. Now it's all on a Saturday. Oh, okay. So the school population it's not really a part of the infrastructure of the, the extracurriculars in the school. It's kind of on the side. Yeah. yeah. A lot of it's probably based on budgets and stuff like that, right? Yes. Busing's expensive or something, right? Yes. Years ago, and and years ago, we uh, the school district. I was on the board at the time. It was like in the early two thousands. Okay. And uh, they voted. Uh, it was a it was a three two vote to oh. no longer have it. 
and I was on the losing end on that one. Wow. To, to, to have the transportation or to, the actual sports? Or? To not to no longer have the transportation oh. and have the sports the way we, we used to have them. Wow. So I think that decreased school spirit a little bit. I think that also decreased entrance into sports or exposure into different sports. Yeah. Because I played everything. I played football, track, soccer. I wasn't yeah. even a soccer player. Yeah. I tried out for basketball. I, I, I might as well have been the ball because I, you know, I'm five foot two in eighth grade. You know. Hey, careful! I'm five foot five, and I played b-, b ball at Lathrop. Okay, Lathrop. You know, I was me. Okay. Well, you know what? If it, it, it was, it was but not my sport. Sports played a huge role for us in junior high. Correct. To your point, correct. Uh, for me, that's what made me want to, you know, play high school sports too. You know, growing right. up in at Century, I went to I went to Santa on my freshman year, and then to Century. Tell me, there's a lot going on in the community. I know you were a city councilman, right? Yes. Now you're involved as a board trustee, Correct. right, in the Correct. school district. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, tell me a little bit about what's going on right now in the community. I know there's a lot of stuff going on out there with the whole homelessness issues and, and how it affects small businesses here at the Orange County Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. That's important to us because right. we're all about helping small businesses. Can you right. share with us a little bit about that? Yes. Yeah, so uh, thank you for that question, by the way. One of, one of the... Th- the items that that has come my way consistently from small business owners is we need to do what is your plan with our homeless situation or yeah. unhoused here in the city they explain how it also creates an adverse effect at times to okay. people coming to their business okay there was one restaurant that said we have great food everybody we have great reviews but people don't want to sit and eat here because of what's happening in our parking lot and so what can we do well the city built a temporary uh, structure on the other side of the 55 freeway while we were building a permanent structure on the west end by creating the structure it now allows us to enforce our anti-camping laws mm. however that one at the west end is going to be at capacity pretty soon i would say within the next one to two years so what i what i am encouraging everyone to do is look at building another homeless shelter again on the other side of the 55 freeway in the industrial zone what was really interesting when we built the the uh, temporary uh the temporary housing uh, mm-hmm. homeless housing unit the businesses the warehouses around the owners they were really reluctant and they pushed back a little bit and we shared with them because they have to be sent in on referral they're driven in they're cared for there and so forth and then when they leave they have to be driven out Mm. and so they were skeptical at first and then when they saw the system they went oh in fact some of them started saying hey if you want to expand you could buy my warehouse too you know or i have another warehouse over here so we we can create another housing shelter on that other side of the 55 and i would like to have us create a permanent shelter there so that we can better assist those folks especially the ones that are dealing with addiction Mm -hmm. because they've been self-medicating out on the street and so we want to be able to remove and 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 relocate folks to get their assistance that they need now the challenge is for there are i cannot tell you how many families call and say we're homeless now wow those families have a place to go wow and we're able to help them find housing wow the challenge is the the folks that do not want to be a part of that and want that help exactly and that's that's where our challenge is and so we have to what a hard phone call it is to get those like Mm. families right like wow they're going through and again it it goes back to i don't know everything that's going on in the country right now the recession i don't Mm. know just so many people going through hardships 
Um, I know earlier you you and I were talking and you mentioned things like um, how important it was for you the whole public safety right and what the plan is as far as keeping our our streets safe, which yes. of course deals with all this going on with the homeless community. Correct. And all that. Share with us a little bit about that. So we're in a place. I remember I said this years ago. I said um, in two thousand, like around two thousand five. Uh, the world has changed. I said, there's technology everywhere. We have the internet. We have all kinds of things that we can use. At that time, we, we had Zoom. We had Google Meets. But people weren't using it, right? And I said, in, in education, we're still teaching the same way we did in the 1950s. You can't continue to do that in an ever-changing world. The mm -hmm. same goes with policing. So what do we know today? Because right now, we're still policing the way we've always policed. But we have more data We've never, when we, you and I were growing up, we never talked about mental illness. Exactly. Or mental health. Exactly. Uh, we never talked about uh, trauma and the effects of trauma. We didn't even know what special education was. Exactly. You know, and back then, you know, some of those kids would get bullied. Yeah. So what happens is we now have different data. So this is what, I, what I've been proposing that we do in our city, and I think it's going to strengthen us. You increase your police force by 100 officers. You split 50 of those officers and you you have officers that are mental health experts those officers now think about this there's a domestic dispute husband and wife are arguing there's verbal abuse and so forth happening in the past a police officer would go would separate the family and people would go their own separate ways a couple of days back the the husband or the wife would come back and now they're back in the same unit you haven't treated anything they're just back figuring it out on their own. Yeah. With a mental health expert, they come in, they diffuse the situation, you give them a citation, but it's not a citation you have to pay money. It's a citation that you have to go to this counselor. Okay. So we provide counseling for them. They a resource. Will, yes, a so resource. It's like a resource citation. Three sessions that yeah. you have that is that is paid for, and what that does is now it gives them an opportunity to say, oh, I want to keep coming back, or I don't, right? But you've planted a seed that there's an issue, and there's a way for you to get healthy. And, and, and then when you start to bring in the family and you start to show how the effects are with kids. So do you see a call that would have just been a call to go and settle things down and remove people now becomes a call where you go in, you do settle things down, diffuse it, but you also give, uh, you give an opportunity for services. In the meantime, our officers, that we increase the number of officers that we have to handle real crime. And now you reduce that 911 response time. Yes. Because now those officers are focused on those calls, while these other officers are focused on the homeless on the homeless calls and the domestic abuse calls. So it's just a way of rethinking on how we do that. And I've always looked at all these issues and challenges. It's kind of like when you have a, a classroom. I used to be a third grade teacher, and you have a classroom, and you have too many students, and then you have these challenges. Mm -hmm. It's it's. You know what we call in healthcare patient ratio to nurses, right? Mm -hmm. And so by you having more officers, obviously you have a better ratio per case, maybe, right? Correct. So you have a a better chance of resolving the issue or having more time to resolve the problem or provide, like you said, a citation that provides you resources, right? Right. It makes things overall in our community, which is what we're all about here, hopefully better our community, right. better these situations, better these circumstances, because. Growing up in Santana myself, we all know that domestic violence, drugs, alcohol, all these things play a huge role into the lives of children. Because mm -hmm. you stay with this for years. Right. It affects you. Absolutely. Psychologically, again, 
from a mental health standpoint, right? Right. And so I know you've talked about after school programs, right? Correct. And uh, how that is important to you because a lot of these kids are dealing with these kind of daily issues. Yes. Share with us a little bit about what you talked about earlier about the after school program. So here's where we're at. Here's the beauty, okay? The beauty is when you have money, the city of Santa Ana has a $40 million surplus. This, and they're going to have another surplus next year. Wow. So we have money. For people listening, what is a surplus? A surplus is, for example, let's say you budgeted that it's going to cost you $150 million to run the city. But instead, and it did cost you $150 million, but you brought in $190 million in tax revenue. Okay. And so now you have an extra $40 million that you get to decide what to do with. Wow. Our reserves are at $75 million. Just to give you an idea, I served on the city council from 2006 to 2018. We never had a reserve that was higher than 30, 30 million. Wow. So we are very healthy. So when you're really healthy, what do you do? You do the things that you've always dreamed of, of doing that would help our, our community. So what I want, what I'm, what I'm proposing to people is, Hey, look, Let's meet with our Pop Warner football. Let's meet with our Little League baseball, our Pony baseball, our NJBs, our soccers, our karate, anything that is after school that our students want to be a part of, but they can't because of inflation, gas prices, they can't afford it. Mm -hmm. And if you have multiple kids, it's even more difficult. Let me give you an example. If you play Pop Warner football and you have two 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 players and two cheerleaders you're going to spend well over a thousand dollars just to have them play mm -hmm. our families can't afford that so what we do is we invest into those leagues reduce the price down to what it used to be when you and i were playing mm -hmm. so that we create access or provide scholarships maybe provide scholarships right? but now our students are engaged and this is part of public safety because you're investing in planting seeds now kids are going to engage just like you and i did mm -hmm. They're going to learn grit. They're going to learn how to lose. They're going to learn how to win. And they're going to learn what it takes to win and to plan ahead and work. All of these things are going to benefit our society. And if we can partner with the school districts and have them reinstitute what we had, mm -hmm. oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. I grew up Santa Pop Warner. And I lived on Highland and Flower. And we would ride our bikes, me and my buddy, all the way down to Memorial Park. Beginning of the season, we'd practice actually at... Um, at uh, off of Fairview and uh, what is it Fifth Street, which is um, Junior High. Uh, a Spurgeon. RCA. RCA. Spurgeon, yeah. right? Because they charge, right? They change the name. Spurgeon. So, so I remember, you know, for us, sports played a huge role as kids growing up, mm -hmm. which what I feel today teaches us a lot of the leadership skills. Correct. Right. The entrepreneur skills, whatever the business skills. Sports really, like you said, teaches you that. So that is that is great to hear. Right. If if that's something that the city can do, invest into those programs tell us a little bit about i know you mentioned there's a whole new law that came in the sb6 oh, right yes so one of the other other issues that we're having is housing and so there is a shortage and when there's a shortage prices go up right because of the demand the governor in order to solve for the the the, the homeless issue but more importantly to solve for the affordability uh, in communities as in other words, how can we build more houses? He signed into effect SB6 what SB6 does it opens the gates for us to be able to develop housing in commercial zones So for example, if you go by a location where there's like a little mini mart, but it's not being utilized Okay, we can go in there and we can build 
we can build dwellings there. Okay. Uh, if you go to uh, lots that are empty but are empty in an industrial zone, we can build a, maybe a trip, a duplex, or you know, putting four homes there. Our goal is to create affordable housing. So, what is affordable housing? If you make under under a hundred thousand dollars a year, you qualify for affordable housing. Mm. When you qualify, you only pay thirty percent of what you make. Okay. So the rent is thirty percent of whatever your income is. That is huge. We need to move forward with that. We have the money to do it. We have the investors that want to do it because of them. What it does, it helps small business because it keeps our workforce here. Exactly. We have to maintain a strong human capital within our city that can afford to live here and live in a dignified manner because happy employees also are happy, you know, they're, they're happy at work and happy at home. Exactly. So it keeps um, crime down too. And it keeps crime down right? too because more importantly in the community, right? Right. So if we can, if we can, uh, alleviate and really build, uh, our housing and really, uh, take a, uh, and I think this council really wants to do that. They really want to create more housing for our community. They want people to have dignified housing. So if we can continue to move in that direction and create those after school programs, invest in those. Now our youth have places to go. Our families have places to live and everyone in it. And we have a, in a different way of policing or we, a two prong approach when it comes to that. Now we have a healthier community, healthier society, and then you see everything start to elevate. That is great to hear because obviously um, having a surplus, it creates a domino effect on bringing hopefully down the stress, yes. the crime, domestic violence at home. Because we all know that stress causes all this, mm -hmm. right? Hardship, dads and mom not having jobs or not being able to do those after school programs, not being able to afford a, a babysitter Correct. and go to work. So now there's after school programs that are there to subsidize and help right. out, right? Right. Um, so that that is that is great to hear. Now, I know you've been around with our chamber 22 years. We were talking about that earlier. Right, wow. Right. So thank you so much for being a part of us for 22 years. No, you're welcome. And it's, it's always been a, the chamber is an important aspect of our community. This is where our, our, our families work. And um, it reflects on the uh, how vibrant we are here, and the fact that we have continually increased our our small businesses, but also our our uh, small businesses of color yes. in our city. And honestly, uh, John, I'm, and I'm being honest, but individuals like you who come from the city, when students hear your story, when young people hear your story, it it, it allows them to believe. And not only that. It builds a, re a resource. So now you have a resource. You have someone that you could tap into. When I was a kid, I didn't have that. Yes. So the fact that we have more and more Thank you. people from our city that are rising up and, and taking a risk and building those businesses and taking on the stress that goes along with those businesses, but per also providing a pathway for our people to have jobs. And yes. all of that is what is we're all just trying to do good. Yes. And that's all I'm trying to do. I want to bring people together. I want us to think outside the box because we can do great things. And and to that note, I know the producer's giving me that look of when he got a couple minutes left. Real quick, speech and debate program. Congratulations, right? You guys Thank did you an amazing much. job. Thank you very much. You know, when I started in 2016, it was just competing against each other. And I remember someone said, well, what's going to happen when they go outside? You know, those poor kids. Are, no, no, no. We won the national championship in 2017, Arriba. 2018. I mean, nice. we just kept winning. But what's really uh, amazing is in 2021, 
our Santa Ana High School won the national title with an all-female team, first in the history wow. of, of uh, speech. Awesome. And, they, and then they repeated last year. And last year, they did have a boy on the team, so it wasn't all females this time. Yeah. But, but they repeated. What they showed is, no, we, it wasn't a fluke. We were able to do it again. That is awesome. And there's a little movie that's being created of that 2021 team right now that is being worked on with uh, uh, Jacob Vargas. Who Jacob on, Vargas, yeah, yes, a good friend of ours. Yes, he was just at one of our events. Yeah, so kudos to them. Yeah, so they're working on it. So I'm very proud of them, and I, and I think they should be proud of them. And it's it's our city. It's yes. our city that's going to be on the map. On the map. Exactly. On the map. Where can they reach you if they wanted to connect with you? Give us some of your social media. Where could they find you? Yeah, they can find me on Facebook, Salvador Tinajero, and or they can find me on Sal Tinajero for Mayor. Okay. I'm also on Instagram, okay. uh, Sal Tinajero for Mayor on Instagram. Yeah. But uh, those are the areas where you can find me on social media. Uh, Is there any email they can email you they at? They can always email me. It's okay. really easy. speech at gmail.com. There you go. speech at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. <laughs> That's good to know because, you know, people just want to have feedback, question, um, and so... I just want to thank you for being here. Really appreciate everything you're doing the community. Continue all success. Uh, I wish you all the best. Well, thank you so much. Uh, I know it goes by fast. It's just like boom, boom, <laughs> boom, you know. Uh, but we like to get to the point and, and hit all topics. And uh, more importantly, I want to thank all of our listeners for always tuning in and wish everybody uh, a feliz Dia de los Muertos. That's right. Right? Today is, uh, if I'm correct, is Dia de los Muertos. I know we're going to the cemetery later to visit my father and my father-in-law and some other people. And so wishing everybody a, a blessed day and uh, and continue to listen to us. Anything else, Sal, before we go? I just want to say that our best days are, are ahead of us and our future is bright and let's just keep moving forward and working together to make our city the best and the shining, the place that shines in Orange County. There you have it, folks. Saltinajero. Folks, please continue to follow us at OCHCC.com, uh, our website. Also, our OCHCC podcast uh, show can always fo- be followed on our Instagram. And, of course, our Facebook page, Orange County Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. I'm your host, John Gutierrez, your senior vice president here. And also, December 15th is our annual toy drive. So please uh, support us if you wish to be a sponsor and be a part of the toy drive every year. We gather about a, a thousand plus toys wow. to help back in the Santa Ana community wow. so please definitely connect with us on all that Sal thank you for being here thank we you. wish you all the best Paul take it away so there you have it one more reason to tune in each and every time to meet our community the Hispanic business community here in Orange County Powered by the Orange County Hispanic Chamber of Commerce and Orange County's only community radio station, octalkradio.net. Streaming live from our studios here at the University of California Irvine's Beale Applied Innovation Center. 